Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of Untucked. This is our 70th episode, so thank you guys all for listening. Uh, today we're going to ta- talk about bonds and why it's important um, to understand mechanically how they work, especially in a rising interest rate environment. We're going to discuss the impacts of youth sports on families, not just the athlete itself. And then finally, we're going to talk about the lottery. Hope you enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 70 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. This is Jeff. So you guys have heard like the saying, like, blind as a bat. You probably know this, but like, you know, bats are not blind, right? Can't they see in like dark? Yeah, pretty much. But like, why do like, I've always thought bats are blind, but they're not. Can they see in the, day- see in the daytime? Bats have small eyes with very sensitive vision, which helps them see in conditions we might consider pitch black. So they can basically see in the dark. Can they only see in the dark though? Well, they don't have sharp and colorful vision like humans have, but they don't need that. Like think of a bat's like vision is similar to like a dark adapted like vision. But they sleep during the day. So right, you, don't, like, need you, to you see. don't need to see during the day. Did you see the bat on Twitter? Yeah. How big like five, like five feet? feet. <laughs> I did. Five feet. A real life bat. It was somewhere in a foreign country. Yeah, it was very far away from here. But. Like it had a five foot wingspan no. where the body of the bat was. The yeah. body no of. Way. And it was hanging upside Dude, down. Dude, I will like, show it to you yeah, right now. Sleeping or whatever. Yeah, it's. Wrapped up in its. Oh. Scary. Scary. Why do you guys believe everything yeah. you see on Twitter? Okay. Because um, <laughs> I mean, that's question. where I get all of my information. I mean, I didn't fact check it, but. You might want to. Like, you fact checked all my, uh, <laughs> my fun facts. Five-foot bat in the Philippines. Yes, it's real. No, it won't eat you. It's an herbivore. Herbivore? That's the fakest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's the fakest. It's like literally like in someone's garage. Like there's a motorcycle right next to it. That's it's the what middle the Philippines of the day. Oh, they look like. Stop it. That's so fake. Get out of here. Okay. I'm not buying it. Oh. Looks like geez. it's like literally a man in a costume. Looks like Batman. Sports? I mean, shall I get rolling? Are you guys still not paying attention to the Phillies? Um, Why should I? Not not because I'm paying more attention now, not because I want to, though. So it's unwanted attention that I'm giving – that I'm giving them, yeah. So Bryce Harper's not back, right? No. Wouldn't it be funny if he comes back and they go on like a 2-15 and 15 run? Well, I mean, he's <clears throat> if if he comes back, which they're thinking probably like September-ish, hope, I mean, he's just going to be a designated hitter. That's all he's been this year. So, I mean, if he strikes out like every time he gets up, I guess, maybe that could be bad. I don't think that's going to happen if Bryce Harper's – in a position where he can actually swing the swing a bat, dude. Like they've won like twelve of their last thirteen games. Like they've been on a ridiculous tear, and like winning like 
Like last night was a great example. I'm sure both of you were tuned in. I stopped watching when they were losing. So and they were then... losing three to one to the Florida Marlins at home, going into the bottom of the eighth. <clears throat> Excuse me. They scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth to go up four three, and then closer comes in top of the ninth, like one two three inning game over. And I'll say this: like the emotion from the players, it's it's legit. Like these guys believe they have each other's backs. They're pumped up. Like Kyle Schwarber hits a hits a single, which drives in I think the tying run, and like his face and his like fist pump and his like clapping hands, like he was jacked up. And then he goes from first to third on like uh, on a on a blooper out to, to the outfield. Should have got thrown out to third, but it was a bad throw, so he makes it. And then he's like the winning run. Like, it was just, it was awesome, an awesome game. They won in great fashion. Cool. <laughs> I mean, so maybe they've limp into a wild card position or no, something. No, they already have like the 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 like the set like. I think the first or second wild card. Yeah, but that's what I mean. If they just stay where they are. They're not right. limping in. They're 14 games above 500, dude. That's not great. Okay. So then so then <laughs> they'll, they'll be, what, 94 and whatever? Got to get 100 wins in this league, man. <laughs> I mean, they, they won 82 games last year. They haven't made the playoffs in over a decade. Like, the goal is to make the playoffs. I don't care how they do it. If they That's win what we 90... live for here, just mediocrity. Right. You should know. You should I know. do. <laughs> season ticket holder. It just expanded partial, your season ticket. Partial. <clears throat> I'll say this. We'll wrap up with the fills. It's fun. It's fun baseball. I know you guys don't enjoy watching baseball, but it's fun baseball to watch right now. And like, they're a team that I would imagine most teams in the league right now are like, dude, we don't want to play the Phillies because they're, they're just, they're hot. Now, they just took two of, they just took the first two from the Marlins. They're literally losing to the Marlins right now, three nothing in the bottom of the sixth. And then they play four games against the Mets like this weekend. So mm-hmm. that is good. We could have a might have a different tune next different week. Tune next week. <laughs> like this might get, be the curse of Jeff Master. Yeah. If they lose four to the Mets, man, that's gonna that, that could hurt. Back. That's, that sets them back a little bit. But I mean, they I think were like ten games away from the Braves. They're three behind the Braves now. So yeah, they're they're looking good. They made a few moves. I'm not sure if you're aware. <laughs> Got a pitcher. Noah. Syndergaard. Not aware. Yeah. Yeah. They made some some decent moves too, so should be exciting. Good. Nice. It's great. Birds. Yeah. How far out are we? The month? Uh they have a game like I think tonight. That's preseason. I yeah. mean real games. Yeah, we're a month. Three out. weeks a month. <clears throat> so I don't know. Have you got you have you guys been following the birds lately? Is anybody aware of what's happening? What's to follow? So their like game one. Their home or their their opener, their season opener. I mean, have you you guys are on Twitter? Haven't you seen like the the Detroit Lions at practice? Like the guy, like almost like in tears, like pep talking the team. No. Okay, so there was a dude in the practice. I forget his name, and he's like got the guys in the huddle, and he's like so emotional. Like he's like I almost cry over this stuff, and he's like 
This is a Lions player or Lions an Eagles player? player? Yeah. Okay. Lions player talking to the like the pack of Lions. Like, yeah. Like just jacked up. Like they're ready to go to freaking war. Yeah. Bird's first game is in Detroit. So we have the Birds coming off of like a season that they maybe outperformed what yeah. we expected and then have done all this off season like I mean they're the best team on paper. Yeah. You have the Lions that just got humiliated last season. And game one, like I wouldn't want to play the Lions game one. Now they're still a bad team. Yeah, and they're the hard knocks. It was probably for TV. You know, it was probably just entertainment, that guy. Mm-hmm. You think you almost cried. Yeah. Grown ass man, just to, like for TV. Actors do it all the time. Yeah. He's not an actor, he's an athlete. Yeah, but I mean I think, you know, he's probably himself for post playing career. Yeah, he Maybe. saw HBO Max in mm-hmm. the in the stands and thought this is my moment. So the concern is like, oh my God, are we gonna lose to the Lions? Like week one? Whose concern is this? WIP callers mostly. No, it's actually <laughs> more like WIP people. Posts. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like that that's what they're debating right now. Like and a lot of them are like they're still the Lions. Like, okay, so we won't beat them forty four to three like we did last year. We'll beat them right. forty four to twenty. But can you imagine the birds lose week one at Detroit? <laughs> how awful that would be. Mm-hmm. I'm geeked up for the birds, man. Like yeah, I am every year. All right, good feedback for you guys. <laughs> cool. Moving on. Just got, this uh, is like dead yeah, sports time. There nothing is nothing. I mean, we're gonna talk about the union. Anybody got a take? No, I got nothing on. I mean, I will. Go back to the Phils? (laughs) I can talk about the Phils all day. Kevin Durant apparently has said that Philadelphia is a destination he's willing to play in. He demanded a trade from Brooklyn. So that's the NBA Twitter drama of the day. Where did we get Harden from? Brooklyn? Yeah. What's what's wrong with Brooklyn? Like, no one wants to play there. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, so... Everything that's come out has basically just been that um, they don't like the coach. Steve Nash is the coach, so Durant doesn't like the coach. Kyrie doesn't like the coach. Not Nothing about Harden or anything he said about the organization has come out. So this is mainly Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Um, and then just the the owner of the team, the the GM, like all of the people making decisions, he said he doesn't like the direction that they're going. Um, so he basically said Boston and Philly are his two ideal landing spots, but both teams would have to give up everything. Like, what do you mean? What's everything? Everything but Harden and Embiid, Maxi, which like I'm willing to do. (laughs) I love Maxi. I don't know. I'd have, I'd have a hard time with that until we won the championship. Then I'd be over it. Uh, Tobias Harris got married over the weekend and there's a picture of Matisse Theibel, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and somebody else, all Sixers players. And someone commented, future Brooklyn starting with <laughs> I mean, look, Social media if is they so pulled good. it off and I don't care who they unload, and they kept Harden, Embiid, and Maxi, and got Durant. Dude, I'd be like, they, I, I don't think keeping Maxi would be possible. 
But yeah, I mean, I think that would be the most ideal situation. Everybody on Twitter is talking about like, do you give up Maxi for Duran? It's like, of course, of course, you, of course do. you do. Like you do it in a heartbeat. Um, that would be the toughest. He would be the toughest one to part with. Everybody else, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you could oh send him to yeah. Serbia. I don't care. Yep. <clears throat> when did that news come out about Duran? Like two days ago. Okay. Yeah. Boston or Philly? Yeah. I mean, Boston would have to get rid of like Jalen Brown. Like they'd have to get rid of significant pieces too. Again, in replacement, like you're being replaced by Kevin Durant, but he's still coming off of a, you know, Achilles. And the only issue with that is like, if, if they, if the Sixers unloaded all those guys for Durant, it's like, we still have the same problem we had last year. No bench. No bench. Yeah. Yep. You just hope that a healthy Harden, Joe and KD is enough, which probably is. You think so? Yeah. In seven? Yeah. You think George Niang can kind of... <laughs> I think he actually was the other one in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. Let's talk about Bonds. Let's do it. Super <laughs> exciting. So today's Coach's Corner is Why You Shouldn't Abandon Bonds. It was written by Matt Sheridan, um, who's from Vanguard. Matt's article reminds bond investors of the impacts a rising interest rate environment has on their bond portfolio. Bond total returns have two components, price and return from income. And this article describes how long-term investors should care more about total bond returns instead of negative short-term impacts on bond prices. You want to explain that? I mean, I've been dying for Mike to talk about this just because for years i've heard him say like like we like gotta get out of bonds like bonds are just bad there's like mathematically they have no upside whatsoever so i'm kind of curious is this is the environment that we're in finally fulfilling the prophecy you've been proclaiming no my my point was that when bond yields, and I'm, when I'm talking about bonds, I'm talking about just to keep it simple, treasury. So no risk of default. There's all kinds of other bonds that have other factors like that that drive returns. But just keep it simple, treasuries. When they were yielding, you know, 1.5 percent for a 10-year treasury, which so was like is, a year ago. That's I I loan money to the federal government mm-hmm. to U.S. Treasury for 10 years. I give them a thousand bucks, and they're going to hold it for 10 years. And over that 10-year time frame, they're going to give me 150 bucks a year mm-hmm. in interest. And that fluctuates. No, that, that bond, that individual bond does exactly what you just When you said. buy that 10-year, that, that 1.5 doesn't change. Right. And then 10 years from now, you get your 1,000 bucks, bucks back. Okay. So, um, and bonds are just a math equation. because so, so when you invest in a bond that's giving you a 1.1.5% yield for 10 years, you can pretty much expect that that's going to be, that that is going to be your return. Does the yield compound? No. All right. But you are going to, presumably you're going to invest that $150 in whatever's the prevailing rate. So if, if yields are higher throughout the course of 10 years, you're going to get a better return on that interest. Um, But when we talk about bonds, I think we talk about bond funds. We don't, deal in individual bonds because bond funds give you lots of more benefits of diversification. And the really important part of that, and, and back to the long-term comment that was in the that was in Megan's intro, is that 
you know, a lot of investors look at those yields and they say, why would I, why do I own bonds? Why do we even bother with bonds? The, the return is not even keeping up with inflation. And it's like, yeah. Um, but if you have a long-term time horizon and rates go up, the, the price of the bond goes down instantly in reaction to the fact that rates are now higher than what the coupon was paying or is paying. So of course the math says, you're going to pay less for that bond than a new bond that's paying a higher rate. But bond funds have thousands of bonds in them that are constantly maturing and rolling over into the new issues. So you're, what, what you're getting, if you own a bond fund and you, and you have a you know, reasonably long time horizon, you're getting higher and higher returns just naturally because you're, the interest that you're, that you're earning is getting reinvested in, in higher rates and the bonds that mature are, get, are getting reinvested in new bonds that are paying higher rates. So you're making up for the temporary decline in the price of the bond fund over time. As other bonds mature. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the math of it. And so counterintuitively, like because a lot of people, they know, they know that, okay, if interest rates go up, the price of my bond fund goes down and that's bad. But if you don't need the money for a long time, and, and bond, bonds act also as a buffer to you know, the stock part of what you own, um, usually, <laughs> you, you actually should be rooting for higher rates as a bond fund investor and, and ignoring the fact that, like, this year's a perfect example. First, you know, seven, eight months of the year, bond funds are down 8%, 9%, even 10 in some cases. And that's, by the way, unprecedented. It's never happened that a year has never gotten off to that start uh, in in bond funds or bonds, um, and obviously that's because of the spike in interest rates that happened mm-hmm. um, at the you know, really at the early part of the year. So, like we tell people that hey, you're you're now you're now earning like it was it was really painful to be making one and a half percent on your bond funds last year um, or the year before. But now they're actually they're, they're yielding the, the yields higher. Your return is going to be higher, assuming rates don't go right back down to where they were. Um, and, and they serve an important role in the in the in the portfolio. I mean, again, I get back to the, the, it's math. It's pure math. You have the interest payments that come in, the reinvestment rate, um, the compounding of that reinvestment over, over over time. And, you know, you're. You're not, I mean, you're not gonna like shoot the lights out by owning like boring bond funds, but they serve an important role. They generate income for you, and they and they typically act as a yin to the yang for the stock portion of it. So, as interest rates go up, I understand the value of your bond goes down. But obviously, if you hold that bond until maturity, you get back what you paid for it. Yep. Yep. In most cases, so you're you're benefiting from the higher interest that is happening because interest rates are going up. So in a bond fund where the value is down, but your your yield because your interest rate is higher, how do you get that total return to come back? Like what drives the value of the bonds back up? Time. Right, so like I have, so now my bond fund is like an average three-year maturity and the average yield on it is like four and a half percent so that's the yield I'm going to get on that fund. What's going to drive the value of those bonds back up? Bonds maturing 
and taking that and having that reinvested into a new bond? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're going to own bonds that are paying higher, that are worth more. So you just got to hold them. Yes. You just got to hold the fund. You got it. So it works just like stocks. <laughs> you just got to hold the fund. Yeah. And they'll come back. Yeah. So talk to me about you in, in the past saying like bonds, like mathematically, like there's no good that's going to come of them in the near, in, I think you were thinking more like near term. Yeah. And, and also just, and were by just the way, panicking? we're still in the same case, uh, which is you, you always want to be uh, cognizant of what inflation is because your thousand dollars that you put in today and you're getting back in 10 years, you're getting that same thousand dollars back. And if inflation has made that thousand worth 800, then you've, you've, you've lost ground. So you need the interest to be above inflation. It's it, owning bonds in a where inflation is much higher than like the, the, the interest rate, the prevailing interest rate environment is, is not good. Um, and hopefully we're in a, I'll call it, hopefully we're in a somewhat temporary inflationary position now where it's way higher than what bonds are yielding. Um, there's obviously there's way more, we're, we're getting away from the, the topic a little bit, but um, that's, that's the, that's the important part of, of owning bond funds. And, one of the ways to kind of deal with that is the the treasury issues what's called inflation protected bonds which where they they adjust the coupon periodically based on what um, inflation is and inflation expectations are so that kind of helps buffer you against losing ground to inflation if you're just holding bonds it's, treasuries it's one of the things i forgot like we you and i were talking earlier this year about like bond funds and man they're 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 down eight nine ten percent um and your comment was yeah but the interest is is a, is much higher than it was six months ago and i totally forgot about that right like if if people are are looking at their portfolios for income that picture looks better now because the interest is higher and i forgot yeah, about that for sure i think it's all of this, the math of it, right, makes sense. And I think if you can explain that in a way that people understand what you did, that's helpful. But the environment that we're in now, right, especially with retired investors, seeing their stock and bond portfolio down, right, it, regardless of whether or not the math works, it's just concerning. I mean, I feel like we've we've certainly had to explain and reiterate stock market volatility, right? And what it, how to manage through it, and you have contingencies in place, and blah blah blah, like all of those things we've said a lot. But for people who you know fifty forty to fifty percent of their portfolio is in bonds, and we're seeing you know eight nine ten percent, even if it is temporary price volatility, mm -hmm. it's still very alarming. So I think the the mechanics of how bonds work are very easily forgotten <laughs> yeah. if they're even known at all. Um, so being able to kind of walk through it as you just did, it's, it's the only way to make sense of it. The outcomes are obviously the interest rate rising is unknown, but like the outcome of owning a bond fund is relatively predictable compared to a stock fund. True. And it's predictable if you own an individual bond as well. Way more predictable mm -hmm. than if right? you own an so, individual bond. Yeah. So it's like it's and the same, but the same rule applies. If you can hold that bond for a long time until it matures, you're going to get back what you paid for it. The issue is if you need the money. Yeah. Beforehand, yep. the value of your bonds down. You paid a thousand bucks for it, but now they're only going to give you eight hundred because you need it now. 
Whereas if you were just to hold it until it matures, you're going to get your thousand bucks back. Yep. And you're going to get the benefit of reinvesting all that interest at higher rates along the way. So um, I think that's to, to your point, Meg. I think it's what a lot of people forget the mm -hmm. mechanics of how bonds yeah. work because the interest component is so important to the bond. Yeah. Compounding in bond funds is arguably more impactful than compounding in stocks like dividend reinvestment and stuff like that just because of the um they're generally paying higher yields than uh, dividend paying stocks and they're they're reinvested more frequently um, so i think it's actually the the compounding part of that is lost on a lot of people and i think and it's 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 sort of subtle and it's not very apparent unless you kind of take the time to describe it and understand it um but it, again, it all gets back, Jeff, you just said it, it all gets back to your time horizon. If it's long, you shouldn't, you shouldn't care that there's a temporary drop in bond, uh, bond prices and you should be happy that you're now getting three and four and uh, higher yields. Um, yeah. I'm sure most people don't actually go to our articles after we talk <laughs> about them. And this piece is, you know, maybe a little bit more technical, but the chart that is shown that shows the price return and total return for bonds is pretty impactful. Like showing, to your point, Mike, how important that income component, the, the interest payment, that compounding is to your return as a bond fund owner is huge. I mean, that's... The price has nothing to do with it. Literally. Yeah, and that makes sense, right? Because well, yeah. you just get back what you paid. Right. And they, they kind of cherry-picked a really bad time for bonds, which sure. was 1975 to 83 interest rates were through the roof. And um, and they just show that your the income component and then the interest on the interest, the compounding component was pretty dramatic. And yeah. you, ended up, you ended up at the end of that time period like to the good. Yeah. For sure. So Matt Sheridan at Vanguard makes a good case. Hold, hold on to your bond funds. Don't abandon them. <laughs> Shout out Matt. <laughs> All right. Moving on. The Downsides of Having an Athlete in the Family, written by Linda Flanagan. Linda is the author of Take Back the Game, a book about how youth sports, the youth sports industry has capitalized on parents' worries about their kids' futures. And in this article, Linda describes the effect this relentless overtraining uh, has on the rest of house, the household members. So I feel like there's just been a lot of talk about right kids involved in sports and that the athlete itself, the impact that those, you know, commitments physically, mentally, emotionally have on them. And this was a take about everybody who exists in that kid's yeah, life. Yeah. So, or I should say household. This was in the Atlantic, by the way. <laughs> uh, red flags. But, <laughs> but I was just thinking the same thing, Meg, which is it, it tries to paint. I mean, obviously, there are some whack job parents in every youth sport. And then there's others that are reasonable and kind of went into it with the right approach. So to try to paint everybody with the same brush, I think is sure. a little off. But um, I'll throw it to you, Jeff. What was your take um, as a youth sport parent? Yeah, I find it very difficult just because I think there's so many crazy people. There's so many crazy parents and crazy kids that everybody feels like it's so important. Um, like my kid's going to go pro. My kid has right. to make this team. 
Um, and it, it, it drives some of the other kids and parents who maybe like, I'm not that delusional. My kid isn't that delusional, but I've had myself in situations where I'm like talking and arguing with like the club about like, my kid should be on that team. Like it makes not, not that it made me delusional, but like there's so many crazies and so many politics that you end up if your kid's in the club sport or even the middle school sport, because I'm referring to the middle school, yeah. like where it, they start making you a little crazy because it's, it could be like pretty unfair or pretty tilted. And yeah, it's, I don't think it tears the families apart. I just think it, 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 it more kind of fills the kids' heads with like too much expectation for, for like where sports are going to take them, too much expectation of how good they have to be. Um, and it, I think it's, that's not the intent. The intent of it was that these kids get a good experience, understand, understand and learn like gamesmanship and companionship and friendship. And I, I, my personal experience is they're not getting a whole lot of that. It's going the other way because it's so competitive and the kids are assholes these days and they're very, there's a lot of bullying and you suck and the, you're the reason why we lost the game. And I don't remember that kind of shit when I was a kid. We were more of a team because no one had expectations of going anywhere with it. Yeah, I mean, I think the article <clears throat> takes the angle that you know, they talk a lot about how much the average family spends on their kids' sports and the hours of family time that are taken away and the sibling jealousies and all this. Like, for example, the one line in here was, in my research, I found that the biggest drain on parents' time comes from attending sports events. I had to reread that. Like, that was never a drain on my time. I loved attending. I love, I love watching. And so did, so did my entire family. And it's like, drain on parents' time? Like, so that, that just kind of... I was like out on this article after I read read that and those those kinds of things. Um, but Jeff, I mean, to your point, yeah, I think I feel I've always felt that there's a big difference between a team sport and an individual sport when it comes to like this subject. Because um, I know that one of the things that I think is very beneficial, forget about what sport it is. It's, it's making, in some cases, lifelong friends with your teammates and learning how to be a teammate and you know what role play you know, what role everyone plays like i think those are important life lessons um forget about the sport and what the purpose of it is like again me too i know there's no like oh this is going to be a springboard to like a scholarship or something like never it right. was always just deal are you having fun do you want to like do you want to go back yeah uh, are you having a good experience and uh, like for us and with um, with Will specifically, I mean, he had a great ten-year youth sport career in in, in hockey. Yeah. So um, anyway, and and again, the whole the whole like the, making the argument that youth sports are overdone because families are getting you know divided or damaged in some way. I, I I'm sure that's the case. I, I just think that that's the the exception not the rule most dramatic i yeah, think it's a yeah. very dramatic take i mean <clears throat> do 
you know, does mom have to take one kid while dad takes the other? Sure. Is dad going away one weekend with one while the other, while mom stays home or vice versa? Of course. But like, wouldn't that be any activity kids are involved in? Like if, you know, we're, we're picking on sports here and look, I'll talk shit about youth sports all day. I'm not, right. I'm not one who's going to really promote a lot of this institution. Cause I do believe a lot of it is money and, and money grabbing and, and specifically based on how much these programs can can get from families. But I don't think the existence of these things is fundamentally dividing families. I mean, I grew up with four siblings and like sports, it's what we did together. Now, everyone else in my family sucked, but like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like we, we played sports, even if it wasn't, we were obviously all weren't on the same teams, but like that's what we did when we hung out. We shot hoops. We would, you know, have a catch. Like, so sports and maybe, and I don't think my family was different. Like, I think that's how a lot of siblings around the same ages who have interests in those things spent their time. And then siblings who had interests in other things, whether it was video games or, you know, performing arts or something like that, probably did those things together. I, I just, and, and that's what I see with the kids I coach now. Like, Older sister plays basketball. Younger sister tries basketball. Youngest sister didn't like it, so maybe she's in dance. But like, it, to me, it's 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 maybe the opposite. It breeds interest in these things, and then give gives kids an opportunity to decide whether or not they like it. So I, I feel like the division of the family is unfair. Um, if anything, it it maybe gives more opportunity to younger kid, the younger of the siblings to try things because older brother did or older sister did. I mean, it divided us last year, like me, my family, like I had Colin traveled a lot. So it was Colin and I, every weekend, I was away from my wife. I was away from my other two kids. Um, now my other child or my other three kids, uh, my oldest was in college. So if I was home that weekend, I wasn't seeing her. My 15-year-old daughter was locked in her room anyway. And it's not like she wanted like me to take her shopping or anything. And my other son was playing video games. So like I don't know like how much more time I was going to spend with them. So it divided me from the rest of my family. But it also like I spent a lot of good time with Colin. Yeah. And I have the ability to make up that time with my other kids as well. So... Yeah, I don't see it as a, as much. And like none of my children were like, oh, you've been with Colin so much. Why aren't you spending time with me? Sure. I mean, that may be a, an indictment of me as a, as a father. <laughs> but. And again, I don't think we're, we're saying that that probably doesn't happen. I'm sure there are cases where what you just described leads to, hey, I haven't hung out with dad in a long time. I just don't think it's more often than the latter it might be i mean there's a lot of delusional people out there and dad might be like let's go johnny right we just got back from football practice but i'm taking you to the field again so we can work on your like you know yeah i i, I guess hurt or whatever and then and then they're just so delusional that they spend all that time with that child i mean it could be i'm sure it's happening i bet it's happening more often than you think it's happening i think you're right i mean we see it i think you're right there um but I, I think again. I still think it's the minority. I don't think it's. I think That's I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. I I don't disagree that it's happening. I just don't think it's this article where you know youth sports should be condemned because of what they're doing to yeah. the kids who didn't go to the tournament. Like it just seems like a a little bit much. I think youth 
youth sports needs like a freaking facelift, man, like big time. Well, the, look, I mean, I think that what's happened is that they've seized the opportunity to capitalize on these parents who, yeah. you know, for example, how many multi-sport high school play, kids are there anymore? None. Yeah. You, you're for, you're, you're kind of pressured into specialized picking that one sport pretty early on. And now it's, it's 12 months a year or pretty close to it, even baseball. Um, and that's no, I don't, I'm not picking on baseball, but I mean, remember, I mean, it was just right. You played little league for eight spring, weeks. Yeah. And then, yeah. That was it. Um, but every sport is virtually year round. Yeah. So we could, I mean, we could yeah. talk a million different angles about the youths. I want to talk about the lottery instead. Sure. The article was the, the recent $1.2 yeah. billion dollar <clears throat> mega whatever jackpot. And I, some of the takes I've read about it were just, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nitpick on one of them. <clears throat> so the, the way lotteries work <laughs> is that the headline number is if you take it over 30 years, yeah. right? In, 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 in like an annuity. Yeah. Right? So you would get 1.2 billion divided by 30, whatever that is. So you get X amount a year for 30, it equals 1.2. Almost nobody takes that deal. They take the lump sum. Why wouldn't they? Why would? How, why wouldn't you take that deal? Because if you die in five years, it's, you've only. Why gotten, would you? I was just. I want. Yeah. I was asking him to explain to oh. the public. Right. You're. You're leaving. Any the, money on because when head. you it's it's a life only annuity. Yeah. If when if you, you die, were the winner. Yeah. If you well, so I used to where where we used to have an office, a woman's husband want like a, a woman who worked behind like the front desk. Her husband, like she told me her, my, my husband won the lottery. I'm like, oh my God, it's crazy. So yeah, he gets like $5,000 a week for life. I'm like, that's a game changer. Like, it's huge. And I said to her, and she looked at me like I had 12 heads. I'm like, this is what you should do. You should take $1,000 of that 5000 a week and buy a life insurance policy on them. So like 4000 bucks a month, 48 grand a year, like buy as much life insurance as you can on them. She looked at me like I was freaking crazy. <laughs> Did she but, do it? No, she never did it. <laughs> but that's that's the point. Like if, if you die, it just stops. Yeah. And so, the time value of money is like so important too, right? Right. That's so so in this case, um, it's one point two billion if you take it over thirty years, forty million a year, whatever. Um, the lump sum was like seven hundred yep. and change, which is what the person grossly gr- got gross. Gross, right. And then the hey, taxes. What, how much in tax? The taxes are three, call it three hundred million. So there's four hundred and some million that actually was netted to the winner. Where and does the tax go? FediGov, or does it go to uh, the state? Well, some goes to state yeah, too, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but but one of the takes I heard, I read on this just so annoying. Like some some blogger wrote, "Oh, the, the IRS got eight hundred million of the of the one point two billion blah, and it's a whole railing against the." <laughs> The, the the IRS and something like, hey, idiot! The IRS got their actual like percentage of the payout, which was three hundred of seven hundred, whatever it is. I mean, how do you people are idiots? How do you not? Like, the, the, but I guess it's a great it's a great reminder of how illiterate people are when it comes to just what you talked about, Jeff. Like an annuity is going to be worth nominally way more than a lump sum today in every case because yes, right, yeah, so. Like I'd rather get net three hundred and fifty million today mm-hmm. than like 
40 million a year for the next 30 years. Yes. Yes. If that math is yes. correct. And so the I'm other quirk, the other quirk is that the Fed withholding is, and I might be a little wrong on this, but I think it was 24% of the, That's right. of the 700. So what's going to happen with this person yeah. is next April 15th, yeah. they're going to owe tens of millions of dollars. I, I don't know what the, the math is. More to the IRS. It's going to be another and like unless 20%. they get unless they have advice from someone just like hey like pay the IRS now or you know quarterly or set aside. Yeah. And I I I believe this has happened to a lot of people before that have won big chunks. They they just either don't know or forget that they owe more taxes than has have been withheld. I don't know why. Yeah. Why is it a flat? Is that maybe that's the max withholding? Um, in the system, which wouldn't surprise me. It's, it's the IRS, after all. Right, right. Um, but anyway, fun fact for you there. Is yeah. there any benefit to the system, to the tax system, if they don't withhold enough or if they don't pay enough in taxes, then come the following April, they're going to owe taxes and penalty, correct? And probably interest. Yeah, but what if they have spent all the money? Then they, don't get, they can't they get, get it. They can't collect anything. I, I don't know why that's set up that way, but... It's I mean, kind of, isn't that a fun fact? Like, don't mo- aren't there a lot of lottery winners, like big lot that end oh, up going think, broke? Yeah, I think, oh, I think the statistics are like staggering. really depressing because all everybody comes out of the woodwork with their hands out, right? Cousins and high school friends and. Would you tell anybody if you won the lottery? Uh, no, not many people. I wouldn't no. tell anyone. My problem is, I think my wife would tell everyone. <laughs> Your yeah. wife would put it on Facebook. Well. <laughs> Uh, Never would win it because I think it's uh, this is the other aspect of lotteries for me. It's always been a pet peeve of mine. The government's despicable. They're despicable. Every state runs their little Powerball, preying on um, lower income people who feel it's maybe their only shot out of financial hardship. And yeah. they, I, I mean, I forget the, the mind boggling stats on how much people um, like below the poverty line, I'll say, spend on lottery tickets. Doesn't it benefit older Pennsylvanians though? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I love a lottery. I haven't played in, in a long time. I love getting like somewhere between twenty to a hundred hours in tickets on the on the big one. So you didn't play this one? I did not. I did not. When we were kids, my dad would only play the big ones and like every time would tell us he won. Every time. <laughs> Never won. So he like we would spend I can remember sitting at family dinners, like what we would do with the money. And then the next day, Meg, we won. And I mean, we were young, young. So every time we fell for it. And you know, at this point he's probably won seven lotteries or eight lotteries in my lifetime. Not a dime to show for I it. I would I don't think I would change anything. Stop. You think I'd like sell my house and move to a new house? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. I think I would just bank it. <laughs> Four, $350 million? Stop. Yeah. Well, what are you just going to start spending it all? You couldn't like spend the, it in your lifetime if you tried. I know, but like the numbers still, like to me, like the numbers still make sense. Like why would I go buy a house in Florida? I'll just VRBO a place for a month or two or three. No, you wouldn't. You think i just buy a house You in would Florida? buy a house and then would you would not. give keys to all of your friends. Yes, you would. You would. I would pay off all my friends' mortgages. That's what I would. Okay, do. I, no, I get that debt, but like paying off debt, like the, the house just adds another complexity for me. Another house adds what another... complexity? Well, the house you, has you're to not take, doing anything. And then you put someone on the payroll down there. To you're take, not oh, doing. Dude, it. Then you got to worry about like people like skimming. No, like there's more complexity. 
You got to hire people to do everything. No. And then you, you, you Kayla moves buy, to Florida and she lives in there. I don't trust house. her. She'd skim off the and top. You, and you buy lottery tickets. And yet, yet you're not going to really That's use the insane. That's the craziest. I will one. use the benefit. I just won't like make it like as obvious. I'm not saying you have to buy a, a you know $50 million mansion, but you're going to have a house in San Diego. You'd have a house in Florida. I would get. You'd a, have I would a, get a plane. I would get a plane. <laughs> a plane I'd get to not have to like go to the air. I mean, you still have to go to the airport, but not have to go through like the same security and ha- worry about like what what time the flight leaves and layovers. No, no. I don't think you would get a plane. I'd I think get you a would, plane. I think charter. you're doing net jets or something like that. Yeah, whatever. Like charter yeah. private. I'd have access to planes yeah. <laughs> more than American Airlines. Yeah. All righty. Top five? Let's do it. All right, guys. Frozen treats. I mean, can I? I'll just let you guys do it. Can I admit to something, though, before we even start? I immediately went desserty, sweet treats. Okay. Not thinking about, like, like a frozen dumpling. <laughs> a frozen dumpling? Like, Trader Joe's makes frozen pot stickers that are banging like does that count frozen you eat them yeah and then you don't cook them no you cook them oh so this is something you consume frozen so i did it right i did it correctly yes okay 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 treat (laughs) okay well they start cold no no that but you don't eat it cold you eat it warm right okay i just wanted to make sure i did it correctly then okay good who wants to go first you go first frozen dumpling (laughs) (laughs) frozen dumplings um all right, I mean, mine are mostly ice cream in nature. So I vote Wendy's Frosty. It's mm, a good one. With a side of fries preferred, but they're not frozen. Mm, so good. Um, a chip witch, preferably on the beach. Yeah, I had that one. So did I. <laughs> uh, big fan of gelatis. That's a, like ice cream and water ice. Water ice, yeah. Mango, preferred mm-hmm. version. Okay. Uh, Ben and Jerry's half baked. I don't think I've ever had that one. Oh, it's so good. Dude. It's chocolate and vanilla ice cream, okay. brownie bits, uh, no, and I'm cookie dough. I'm out. I'm out. What? Oof. Don't like brownies or cookie dough. Oof. Who doesn't like brownies? This guy. <laughs> um, and then the uh Girl Scout cookie peanut butter patties out of the freezer oh, is the only one. way I will one. eat that's them. A good one. Who's up next? All right, mine's are, mine are not good, so Jeff's <laughs> probably got the best. I also had a chip witch on there. Um, I've got the DQ Blizzard with Reese's uh, mm-hmm. cups. It's a good one. I mean, I've never had it. I just see the pictures and they look phenomenal. You've never had a Blizzard? I, I mean, I, I oh, can't. Oh, nice candy ice cream. Um, I have the Ben and Jerry's, but Cherry Garcia is my favorite. Eh. What is the cherry? Does it have like pieces cherries? of cherries yes. in it? And, yeah. and yeah. like um, chocolate chip You can pieces. You can have that. Yeah, really ben nice. and Jerry made a mistake. No. <laughs> I have your standard like old staple ice cream sandwich. I mean. Just simple. a reg? Cookie, yeah, cookie, like the cookie. ones you used to have in like elementary school. Even. Not like, chocolate like, covered no, in any way? No, just wow. a regular. Yeah. Wow. And then my last one on here is... um. An orange creamsicle. I was, dude. I was gonna say before we even did the top five. If that's on anyone's list, I'm out. <laughs> it's the most disgusting dessert no, on the planet. No, 
Not a big fan either. It's the orange popsicle with like cream in the yeah. middle. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible, dude. Better, terrible. I'm with Jeff on better this Better than one. brownie. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So right off the top, had chip witch. Had ice cream sandwich. I mean, just an old fashioned water ice with like the with the with the wooden stick. Oh, like the Italian what? ice. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of those, man. What flavor? I'm typically a cherry guy. Yeah. If I go to a Rita's, I'll maybe ask for like half cherry, half lemon. I like to hmm. mix them, which is kind of good. Although sometimes the Rita's like the cherry has cherry bits, the lemon has lemon bits. Yeah. So if I can get like a true Italian water ice, like on a boardwalk. With vanilla, I'm sorry, with um, uh, le- lemon and cherry. Like, that's that's good stuff right there. <laughs> Dude, I love a freeze pop. Are they the, the tubes? The tubes, that yeah. the liquid, you throw them in the freezer and like... They definitely cause cancer or something. You think so? Yeah, Well, what sure. I do find... <laughs> maybe you guys have had similar experiences. <laughs> what I do find odd about them is like, sometimes when you eat them, like your throat, like... <laughs> You have to like, <clears throat> like kind of. <clears throat> have you ever had that experience? I can't speak to that specifically. Okay. I just, I feel like they would survive like an apocalypse. <laughs> like if if a bomb was dropped yeah. Yeah. and you opened up a freezer, they would still be there, probably melted. Or but then you'd freeze them again. And to me, that just it means they probably shouldn't eat them. <laughs> Sounds like you put a lot of thought into the freeze pop, Meg. Um, and then my last one, and I don't know if this counts, it's more of a dessert, but like a hot, like a warm brownie with vanilla ice cream on top with like hot fudge and all, like that is just dynamite. I mean, not for Mike, but yeah. You like you a, do you, Jeff? Like what? a brownie with vanilla ice cream, dude. Like the brownie shit. part of it, I you can have it. Oh, and so you won't good. do like a cookie in that scenario oh, either. Like nah. a cookie. So do you not like sweet treats? Mostly not. Yeah, yeah. I don't eat a lot of them, but I do like thoroughly enjoy them. You know what I don't I like, like them, and I eat a lot of them. Like on the beach in Avalon and in Seattle, like they have like the cho- like Choco Taco. Like I'm just like Choco Taco's gone. Forever. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've Canceled. always found it to be stupid. You know what? Klondike bars I probably could add on my list. Yeah, they're terrible as well. Really? The shell breaks, and then like then you end up eating just a shell part, and the vanilla's left, and funny. What useless. about like frozen grapes on the beach? You ever do that? It's terrible. Why would you do that? <laughs> You're not a grape guy? I do like grapes. Like I don't just understand why you would freeze a grape. On the beach, it's nice. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. See ya. Thanks for listening.